TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And we do thank you for joining us on a beautiful Thursday, actually a not-so-beautiful Thursday here in the fine city of Chicago where the Talk Zone is based out of. J.B. Jordan Burnfield joining the coach today on Two Guys and a Mic. It's the mid-morning break sports report. J.B., great to see you. And a little bit of a slow sports day yesterday, but we got another big football weekend on the horizon. We do, and it was kind of a slow sports day yesterday. I was going over the scoreboard a couple of times on the air last night, and I was looking at things, and I'm thinking, unless you are a huge fan of that (laughs) Charlotte-Philadelphia NBA (laughs) tilt last night, not a lot going on in the world of sports last night. I actually heard one sports reporter giving the scores like about 10 o'clock last night, right in the middle of his report. Yeah, He actually fell asleep. The it, weather guy had to come in and wake him up. Yeah, top 25 last night, two games, <laughs> yeah. and in the Horizon League, at least for us last night, there were mm-hmm. three games, and those games were not really any good. So, but If was, you're a fan of the Catamounts of Western Carolina, is that them? I you know I think the Catamounts of Vermont. Really? Western Carolina. I don't even know what their team name well, is. Be, uh, let's, see, let's include them both. What the heck? Okay. That's what we're all about. Western Carolina or... Or a Catamount fan, you had a lot of action yesterday because your college basketball teams were in action. Uh, locally, we did have our Northwestern Wildcats taking on a top-10 team, the Butler Bulldog, right? Yep, the, the Butler Bulldogs. And I don't know how that guy recruits players to beautiful. It's not Muncie, Indiana. That's where Ball State is. Butler is... Uh, you know, I, it's, I'm drawing a blank on what town it is in Indiana. Yeah, but I, I'm drawing a blank. Safe I know to it say is, it's yeah. not a thriving metropolis, but that guy somehow is able to recruit great players to that fine small town in Indiana. Anybody out there listening? In the state of Indiana, help us out. The fine community of Butler, what city and where are they from? 888-463-6748 is our phone number. Uh, but the Northwestern Wildcats went down to defeat probably. They're really only the... The marquee game of the night, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I would say that that's the case in college basketball last night. Yeah, Brad Stewart has done a great job over at Butler bringing in top talent. And I think that when you look at last night's game, it's sort of unfortunate because I think Butler is a really good team. They're clearly the class of the Horizon League. They're number 10 ranked in the country. They're obviously a team to be reckoned with regardless of what conference they're in. I think, you know, there are people out there like my dad who think that, you know, unless you're in a top conference that you don't deserve to be ranked so high because you're not playing against top teams all the time. I really think that teams like Butler and teams like Gonzaga, teams that have continued to win over the years, that doesn't it doesn't matter what conference they're in. Obviously, the conference schedule that they play will not be as difficult as say an ACC or a Big East or one of the tougher conferences in the country, but these are good teams and I think the unfortunate part of last night's game was that Northwestern didn't have Coble and Ryan to play against Butler because we all thought coming in here at least that Northwestern would probably be a pretty good team and that this would be a pretty good test for them early in the season should they have been a NCAA tournament team. And without those two guys now, you kind of saw last night, again it's early and things could change, but you kind of saw that Without those guys, they may not be so good mm-hmm. against a team that is good in Butler. 
By the way, the Butler coach you mentioned, Barry Brad Stevens. Brad, there Brad was a Stevens. Barry Stevens. Yeah, I, was said, I called too. him Stewart. Yeah, Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens. He looks like legitimately looks like he's about a college sophomore. Yeah, you know. I thought, thought he was the student manager, and then I, I'm sitting, this, you know, the guy standing up, pacing the sidelines. I'm going to the, the head coach should tell that student manager to sit down. And I figured out about halfway through the first half, being the brilliant sports spectating analysis analyst that I am, that no. <laughs> The student manager's actually the head coach. He was a pretty good player, I remember. He but was, boy, he's, yeah. He is a young-looking head coach. He is. Brad Stevens is a young guy. And, in fact, I think that he was a just rabid Butler fan, too, that would hang out around the team for years. And they saw that after he'd been around them for so long that they decided to give him an assistant coaching job. Really? That he was, like, so into everything. I, I read an article about this a so few not, years ago. not a player. He may have played. Okay. I can't tell you for sure, but I remember reading that he was just this huge Butler fan that was mm-hmm. constantly around the team and, you know, trying to get into it and knew so much about the game that they gave him a chance to be an assistant coach. And then when the previous coach left, they, they allowed him to become the head coach. So his ascend to Stardom, I guess, in, great in the Horizon League world. I, I'd like to to read up more about it because I'm pretty sure that's the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and and again, I, I read this a couple of years ago, but I, I remember this being the story about yeah, Brad Stevens. You know, we're all about rumors and innuendo. That's right. what we do here on the TalkZone.com. <laughs> yeah. Fact Two is irrelevant. Well, it's not irrelevant, but it's a distant second. We like to throw around some rumors, and a couple of them will stick, and God forbid, a few of them might actually be true. Right. No, but I love that story. That sounds yeah. standing. The, like, only, the only bad thing about that is that the word gets around. Yeah. Then you're going to get more hangers on to each of the programs thinking they're going to be the next guy. Maybe if they, you know, start stalking the program enough, well, you know, the head coach is going to give them a seat on the bench. And then two years later, you move up that seat another couple of years. And yes, I too could become the head coach in North Carolina. Yeah. Well, uh, that's the, the funny thing is, is that normally what happens with those type of things is that they're former players who can't make it in the NBA, and clearly have no career aspirations for anything else. Mm -hmm. And then the coach brings them back and says, you know what, your life is going nowhere unless you become my assistant, (laughs) so why don't you just be a figurehead assistant coach and wear a suit and sit on the bench for 30 games a season, and you'll never move up, but you'll have a job, and they'll announce your name on the public address system five seconds before the game tips off. And we all live happily ever after. By the way, our fine Uh producer... Jerry McNamara. (laughs) Is he coaching at Syracuse now? He's he's quote-unquote... Coaching at Syracuse now. So much for the NBA career, huh? Yeah. Well, our, Bakersfield Jam, not exactly going well. Our producer today, David Olson, my bodyguard, doing his usual great job informing us like a couple of knuckleheads that we are. We are. That Butler is actually located in the fine city of Indianapolis. Oh, is you it might have really heard of Indianapolis. in Indianapolis? I was not aware of that. I didn't know that it was in Indianapolis. Yeah. Now, maybe Dave, you know, he's the producer of a show that, that emulates innuendo and rumor. Maybe Dave himself is firing that out. I'm assuming he actually checked that out as possible. Yeah, you know what? I'd like to know where it is because I've been to Indianapolis a couple of times and I never yes. remembered seeing Butler, so it must be... Somewhere near sub- a, a suburbs. Suburban? Okay. Yeah, suburbs. yeah, suburban Indianapolis I could see because I, I remember when I was in Indianapolis that there is a very... It's it's not like Chicago where mm-hmm. there is clearly a difference between what the city is and what the suburbs are. Mm-hmm. You can be within Indianapolis city limits, and it looks like suburban towns that do not resemble city whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just you know nice neighborhoods, but they're in 
Indianapolis and you keep driving <laughs> one direction and all of a sudden there's buildings that pop up. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, it's all kind of compacted the way. And then it, you drive long enough in another direction and up pops Chicago. Yeah. Wow. Oh, oh, actually, come from? you drive another direction and then you see nothing for hours. Yes. And then you see Chicago. Yes. Oh, I think you come across Ball State. Yeah. Well, you get the you get the Golden Dome eventually. Yeah. You go down 90, right? You, you pass South Bend. You see the Golden Dome. Talk about a place in the middle of nowhere. Notre Dame. I mean, have you, have you ever been to the Notre Dame campus? I have indeed. It's unbelievable. It's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It's pristine. It's fantastic. It doesn't look like a college. It looks like a resort. But you drive a minute and a half off campus, and you are in a very small Indiana town. Yes. Right off an expressway. Exactly. It's like you're in the middle of nowhere. All of a sudden, up pops Notre Dame's beautiful, incredible campus, and then you drive five minutes later, and you're in the middle of Podunk, Indiana. Two minutes. Yeah. Two minutes later. Outstanding pancake house, by the way, right at the exit. And I forget what exit it is, right? As you exit Notre Dame, I highly recommend the waffles and or the uh, eggnog French toast, if I can remember correctly. Mm. Big fan of that. But uh, right. welcome to Indiana Sports Radio here on the <laughs> on the Internet. We do know one thing. Wherever you are in Indianapolis, be it suburban or a city, as you have geographically described so well, Jordan Burnfield, one thing we do know is you are always within a three- or four-minute drive to a steak and shake. You are. That's one great thing about Indiana. <laughs> you know, they... When you get, because I'm in Indiana a lot yes. for a lot of the work that I do, and when you cross into the state of Indiana, it says that their state slogan is Crossroads of America, mm-hmm. i.e. there's nothing here, keep driving. But <laughs> when you get into Indiana, it's steak and shake on every corner. It's like they don't have other restaurants. It's like somebody you, actually, there's some, somebody actually opened up a steak and shake. Inside of another steak and shake. Yeah, they 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 now are just gonna keep putting little steak and shakes inside of the original size steak and shake until there's like a miniature steak and shake right in the center of the restaurant. I love that. What do you call Indiana? Crossroads to America. In yeah. parentheses, translated. Just keep on driving. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing there. What's what is the redeeming oh, quality? Oh goodness! Listen. All of a sudden, we didn't intend to do this, folks. I know your Butler team beat our Northwestern team. We're firing. On the fine state of Indiana, any no. listeners out there you want to get back to Jordan Burnfield, my partner, dial it up. I'll put you right to the front of the line if you want to fire at him. 888-463-6748. You can email us, too. Yes. Abusive emails are happily accepted at Mike, <laughs> two guys at AOL.com, M-I-C, number two at AOL.com. And believe me, I'll pass them all on to you. Yeah, so that's fine. No, I, Listen, Northwest Indiana is sort of like suburban Chicago. Yes. You know, you cross over. Absolutely. It's very similar like it, but you start driving east, mm-hmm. okay, and there's nothing until you get to either South Bend or you cross downward and you go to Indianapolis. You are in Nowheresville, USA, mm-hmm. and it's Steak and Shake and McDonald's on every corner. But honestly, what I would wonder is if you grew up in really rural Indiana, mm-hmm. would you think restaurant means Steak and Shake? We're going to go out to eat. Oh, that means we're going to Steak and Shake because there's no other options. So it would almost be as if the word restaurant would be synonymous with steak and shake. The answer is no. And again, you're firing and insulting some of our fine Indiana listeners. It's not that I love you, Indiana listeners. I do. Rural Indiana has come a long way. Yes. All right. Moving on very quickly. We do got a football weekend coming up. Uh, NFL football, college football. Maybe your state even has some high school state playoffs going on. I know in the city of Chicago here, we got the final four semifinals of the state tournament. So it's a big football weekend coming up. Of course, tomorrow we'll play Beat the Schmoes. JB, you will not be in tomorrow, but 
I fully expect you to call up, of course, as a guest schmo on our football Friday. Fine. I will call in as a guest schmo tomorrow, and mm-hmm. uh, I will be in Minneapolis tomorrow with the glorious UIC women's basketball team as they get to take on Whitney Houston, Britney Spears, and the Colorado <laughs> Buffaloes, as we talked about on Tuesday's show. Oh, goodness. So, you're actually traveling with the ball club, huh? Traveling with the ball club, now, yeah. Now, you, a women's team, and Jordan is the uh, uh, announcer. Yes. For the UIC, University of Illinois, Chicago women's basketball team, games can be heard? On UICflames.com. God bless you. But you got the <laughs> women's basketball team traveling all Female coaches, correct? Yes. So am I picturing a charter plane with 14 collegiate women, five female coaches, a head coach, four assistant coaches, and one unmarried single male, Jordan Burnfield? Well, actually, there will be three males on the trip. There's Uh, the trainer, who is a male, and then there's the sports information director for the women's team, who is also a male. I don't. I cannot confirm whether the trainer is married or not. I know that the sports information director is also unmarried. All right, well, based Has on stats, but one, unmarried. how many? So three guys all together. Yeah. All right. Well, based on current stats, there's a good likelihood that one out of the three probably is going to be of the other persuasion, probably gay. I'm going to guess that might not be you. So now you've got basically that's not me, huh? I'm not. I'm you not. Could be. You never know. You <laughs> okay. might be hiding a lot of things. You might. You might be. You might not know, which is fine. We don't care. <laughs> But the point is, you probably have a 2 to a 20 ratio here. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty good ratio for okay. me. Do yeah. they put you in like a restricted area away from the young ladies? Well, I know that I'm going to be staying in a room with either the trainer or the, the SID who's the male. Who's a male. Yes, because... And possibly the female persuasive SID. Well, I, yeah, I mean, we don't... Yes, but uh, the, the, the thing is, I would think it would be <laughs> sort of a large conflict of interest. Should I be huh? hitting on any of the women, it would... Be not, kind of uh, not good for your future radio yes, career. Yes, not a good, not good form there. Yes. So I would say that I'm probably going to have to restrain from doing anything like that. Yeah, I would certainly hope so. Thank you very much. But <laughs> but we do. Have <laughs> Could you a, imagine uh, that story? Broadcaster fired because he hits on the players. Well, that would actually be a yeah, much better he, story if it was like well, you know, he, Neil Funk hitting on the Bulls or something take like it that. Easy, take yeah. it. But it would, no, that wouldn't be that ridiculous because I'm sure that happens all the time. We've certainly heard a lot of stories a lot. More crazy than that, so it wouldn't be the right. wildest. No, that it wouldn't be the wildest, yeah. but it would be a little more wild than you know. I'm worried about your career. I, I hear as the mentor, as the happily married man of 17 plus years, I am here to uh, advise you. Okay. To stay on the straight and narrow. I want to see your radio career go onward and upward. That would be good. I would. I would like that as well. TheTalkZone.com. We are merely a stepping stone, Jordan, upon which you will achieve great things. I, I would hope that that is true, but can, I do enjoy doing this show here on the, on the Talk Zone with don't you. Don't suck up to me. That will get you nowhere, young man. Uh, <laughs> hey, by the way, we talked about Beat the Schmoes tomorrow. I believe, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, there is one National Football League game tonight. We have Thursday Night Football. There is. I'm not sure how exciting it is, but well, it's the it Miami. can't be any worse than last week's game between the Bears and 49ers. Oh. Miami and Carolina tonight, but really the only way that this game would be worse is if Jake DeLone throws seven interceptions. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, it's he's been better though. Yeah, actually, yeah, this, he has been. This this might be a pretty good game because the Carolina Panthers left for dead early in the year, primarily because their quarterback was doing a Jay Cutler impersonation. Yes, he so was the, actually worse than Jay. He was <laughs> atrocious for the first five or six weeks. I mean, horrifying. But coach stuck with him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
I mean, they played the reserve a little bit, but he never officially got taken out as the starter. No, yeah, Jake Delomis was still the starter. I mean, he took a team to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He was clearly a good quarterback at one point. They went into Arizona and got a surprising victory where the Cardinals really did not look good. They picked off Kurt Warner, I think it was six times or five times, and they, they cost six turnovers, five interceptions. And then the following week, Carolina played well against New Orleans and only lost by, I think it was seven or ten points because of a late defensive touchdown by New Orleans. Carolina was in that game the whole way through, even when the game was played in New Orleans. So mm-hmm. I think that Carolina's been better. What I don't understand, Coach, is, and I guess it, it seems not to make sense to me, because the NFL Network, obviously a subsidiary product of the NFL, yes. why the league wouldn't allow a flex type of schedule for these Thursday night games so that they could have a better game. I mean, if if NBC can do it on Sunday night, that's great. I mean, cause that's your prime time game of the week. Love that. But why would on Thursday night football well, you have such an underwhelming two games of Bears, 49ers, mm-hmm. and now Carolina well, and Miami? I got a couple of thoughts on that. And again, football fans out there, you want to check in, talk about a little National Football League football weekend coming up. Eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. You want to go eight eight eight? Go for it. That's the actual letters. That it spells out, but a couple of thoughts on that. One, in any sport, just speaking personally, I don't want to see you know the L.A. Lakers play the Boston Celtics 42 times every year. I like to watch a Charlotte Hornet. I like to see an Oklahoma City Thunder. So, you know what, the Bears and the 49ers, not many people got to see the San Francisco 49ers. Not a bad matchup, but turned out to be a brutal game because of the, primarily because of our beloved Chicago Bears. But, you know, tonight... Carolina Panthers, Miami Dolphins, I think there's a lot of, at least in this area, the Chicago area fan, don't get to see those two teams. They're not bottom of the barrel. They're not dead. They both still have a chance. So I think it's a chance. It's a competitive game and a chance to see some different teams. I don't need to see the New England Patriots play the Dallas Cowboys every single week. No, I I agree with that. I agree with that. I I do think that it's good to have other teams on, and you obviously don't want to have the same front-running teams always on. Mm -hmm. But at the same time... I guess we the Wildcat offense story has sort of been exhausted at this point. So <laughs> the Miami Dolphins running with their running or taking having the running backs take the snap and run the football. We've mm-hmm. seen this now. So that I think is going to be a storyline. You know, Bob Papa on the NFL Network is going to mention Bob Papa on every single play. And the Dolphins are going mm-hmm. back to the Wildcat. Oh, you know, here we go. Here's is that our his big story. Real line. name, or did he pick up that for an hour? You think that's his Hollywood name? You know, I don't know. I've I've never uh, heard of him Papa. as anything else. But so they, his wife might be known to the kids as Mama Papa. That that is true. That that is unbelievable. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, that that's that could be very well the case. Now, but, if he was a grandfather, he would be Grandpa Papa Papa. He could be Papa Papa. Huh? He could be Papa Papa. Yeah. Papa, or you Papa. know, some people call him Grandpapa. Grandpapa. Well, he would be Grandpapa yeah. Papa. Well, it's like Larry Johnson was Grandmama in the <laughs> in the nineties. Remember that? <laughs> and he was Papa. a member of the Charlotte Hornets, which oh, no longer exists. Goodness. But, you know, they yeah, announced I mean, it just, with a Matt Millen, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, actually, I actually thought Matt Millen as bad as a general manager as he as he's he was. He's a good analyst. Yeah. He's a pretty good announcer. I, I think it was a good team. I think it's a good broadcast yeah, I team. Too. I just think that you know the the Wildcat thing has been talked about. 
Carolina, what are they going to talk about? Is John Fox going to get fired at the end of the season? Mm-hmm. Jake DeLum has been bad, yeah, and now he's been better. It's just You're to reading me, too much into it. You, yeah. See, you've got too much sports info in your head. You've been hanging around with too many women's basketball teams. Just enjoy the damn game. <laughs> yeah. It's a good competitive football game between two teams you don't get to see that much. Is it, much. though? Huh? Is it, though? Yeah. Miami and so what, what's, what's the point spread? It's got to be within a couple points. I think it's Carolina's favored by three. There you go. Right, but so I mean, just, it's don't, just don't because it's two teams and enjoy that are so great. You know, well, hopefully it's a good game. I hope it's a good game. But two yeah. teams that aren't so great—it's the National Football League. Yeah, I guess nobody's they're great. They're the best players. Well, there's yeah, they're the best players in the world. They are, but I mean, it's still. It, listen, I, I'm an NFL fan. I love the NFL, but when it's bottom of the, I think that this year, coach, that there are a lot of teams that are really bad. I, I understand that they're the best players in the world. That's why they're in the league. Mm-hmm. But. You can't convince me that the Cleveland Browns are a fun team to watch or that most of the teams in that ilk are. I mean, the Detroit Lions are not fun. The St. Louis Rams suck. I mean, there are certain teams that are just (laughs) awful that nobody would want to watch. At least it's not that, but I would say it's like the step up from that. You know, Carolina, they're playing better lately. They're still not good. And Miami, after a great storyline they were last year by going out and winning the AFC East when Mm -hmm. they were 1-15 the year prior, you know, they've kind of come back to earth. They're not so good anymore. Jordan Burnfield, among his many career aspirations, apparently working for the NFL Network. You can strike that one <laughs> off of your possible list. Who's the guy that they hired away from ESPN who is the he's the face, sadly enough, of the NFL Network? It's uh, Rich Eisen? Yes. Yeah. You don't like Rich Eisen? I like Rich Eisen. You know, I like listening to Rich Eisen, but every time I look at him, and I'm not sure who his barber is, but... Well, he doesn't have much hair left. No. Oh, I mean, that's that's not a cut on purpose? Well, That's I just mean, general LOH, loss of hair? I, I would guess. I mean, I, I don't think he has a lot. I don't remember him having a lot of hair. I feel like <laughs> when he was still at ESPN years ago, oh. he didn't have a lot of hair then. All right. He bothers yeah. me a little bit, but he is the face, the voice of the uh, NFL Network. Thursday Night Football today. Big games coming up over the weekend. We'll talk about it when we come back. Lots more on the docket also. And, of course, we'll take your phone calls, 888-463-6748. You can email us at Mike, two guys at AOL.com. It's the coach and J.B. Jordan Burnfield with you up until 11 o'clock Central Time. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone all right welcome back to the talk zone dot 
Com. Two guys at a mic, J.B. Jordan Burnfield sitting in today. By the way, we were talking NFL football. We're going to get to some NBA basketball here in a second. Also, baseball managers of the year were voted on yesterday. I want your thoughts, your opinions on that, Jordan, and fans out there. But I did read one thing where I think uh, you know, here in Chicago, of course, rooting for our beloved Bears, at least most of us are still rooting for them, our loyalty is clearly being tested this year. It is. It really is. I mean, I thought this year coming in that at least the Bears would be fun to watch, yes. even if they were bad. You know, we thought that their offense would be good. So even if they were losing 48-41, to 41, mm-hmm. that it would be fun to watch. And instead, it's Rex Grossman wearing the number six, and his name is Jay Cutler. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the same bs that it was before and the losing part we've got down the fun to watch part we're still working on yeah i mean they're just not fun at all and and you know not only is the offense bad but the defense is terrible at least in mm-hmm. the years when rex was on the team you know their defense was usually pretty good not mm-hmm. maybe not the best obviously the super bowl year they were they had a great defense but they were usually a pretty good defense they just didn't score now it's the defense is bad and the offense is bad Thank can change, though. Things can change in a hurry. One good game, Sunday night. By the way, the Bears are playing Sunday night. National TV against the Philadelphia Eagles. You have one good game where the defense steps up and Jay Cutler finally has that breakout game. And you know the way sports fans are. Yeah, they'll And, and who am I to burst their optimism or enthusiasm? That's what I love so much about sports. One good game. The defense plays good again. They were good last week. Cutler has a breakout game. All right, we're 5-5. Five and five. Everyone's starting to work on their computers and their calculators trying to figure out how the Bears could make the play. Things can change. The Arizona Cardinals of last year, a great example. I, you're right, and I think that that's very possible that the fans will say, say that and they'll be all into it. I think that there's been so much negativity, though, for the last 12 or 13 days. That's what Chicago fans do. They dwell on negatives a lot. Mm-hmm. Guilty is charged right here in this seat. I say, though, that even if they win, I mean, Jay Cutler, one amazing stat about him, Coach, he's thrown two picks at Soldier Field. He's thrown 15 interceptions on the road. Interesting. So what and at night, me, he's worse than during at, the day. Well, at night, he's been horrible. I mean, horrible. I think he's thrown 12 of his 17 interceptions uh-huh. at night. Maybe he should get those, you know, in the uh, Army. Right? Our American military has those special glasses. Yeah, he needs a night vision goggles. Yeah, exactly. yeah maybe, maybe that is what he needs. Might help. Apparently he can't see his receivers at night. But yes. I just, you know, it wouldn't shock me if he had a pretty decent game. Even though the Philly uh, defense is good, it's very good, because he has played well at home. It just, even if they win this week, I hate to sound like this. You're going to hate this point. I'm going to make it anyway. Even if they win this week, I think it's almost worse for the Bears in the long run because they need to get embarrassed a little more. And I love the Bears. I want them to win. And I don't want to see them play poorly. But to I almost am thinking now that the only way that the changes that need to be made will get made is if they just get embarrassed week after week after week. Mm-hmm. And it's so painstakingly obvious that they have to make a ton of changes by the end of the year if they're 5 and 11 versus being 7 and 9 and the biggest problem the last couple of years is that they've been not so good and not so bad and you didn't kind of know where they were and so the organization had that out they had that excuse where they could say well you know we don't have to change that much we were 7 and 9 no if you go 6 and 10 and you really stink then all of a sudden the organization has to say we've got to make changes because you and I both know they're not going to be able to win with this regime for that much you know for for much time at all
They well, haven't been winning. They're probably not going to continue. Your first comment that you started off that diatribe with, yes. that I won't like it, you're absolutely correct. I know, yes. Yeah, I'm because sure they, that you're totally That's an age-old argument. If we want to get into it, we can. But no, I cannot root. I cannot root for my team to lose a game, especially when it comes to draft picks. Well, it's you know, a, we, we, we don't have any draft picks. Well, it doesn't I, matter. Yeah, and the other thing is, I don't know about other NFL teams out there. I don't study it that much, but here in Chicago... Our third, fourth, fifth round picks are a lot more productive than our first and second round picks. Well, you don't have to worry about it for next year because we don't have a first round pick, yeah. we don't have a second round pick, and we don't have a third round pick. So I can tell you none of them will be productive players in the future. By the way, speaking of picks and speaking of the guy who threw the picks, Jay Cutler, our beloved quarterback, I believe I read a stat, which I think is true, and that is that Jay Cutler has thrown more red zone interceptions in the first seven weeks for the Chicago Bears than Tom Brady has in 10 years with the New England Patriots. How sad of a statistic is that? First of all, it's hard to believe, but if it's true, sad would be one of the top five adjectives. You're you're an optimistic guy, Coach. Very optimistic. And I am not nearly as optimistic as you. For a young man, you are way, way too jaded on life. Yes, however, it is is that statistic that would depress me as a Bears fan, Mm -hmm. to think that... We bring in this supposed franchise quarterback that's going to right the ship, that's going to turn this team around, that's going to make us a winner. And he's thrown more red zone picks this season than Tom Brady has ever thrown. In half a season. In half a season. It's amazing. That's even worse. You're depressing me even more now. (laughs) Oh, my God. What happened? How did a young man with so much going for him become such a negative, jaded personality and I because guess I'm a Cubs negative, fan. Huh? Because I'm a Cubs well, fan. Yeah, that's a good explanation. I mean, listen, you grow up... Okay, for many Cubs fans mm-hmm. who are older than me, for a long time they never saw a winner. That's me. Right, but in my lifetime, mm-hmm. even though I'm a younger guy, the Cubs have won regular season titles in my life but lost. So it's like I've had a lot more, um, within a short period of time, heartbreak as a Cubs fan than a lot of people who are older have had over the span of their entire life. It's sort of been all bunched together for me. Mm-hmm. So it's Well, tough. that's your explanation. I can't yeah. quite figure out me because I've had almost Maybe twice. I'm just an angry person. Apparently. I, I got to talk to your parents. Maybe like something think... happened in your childhood. I mean, I've been rooting for the Cubs. <laughs> no, I... And the Bears for all these years, suffering many and many and many of frustration, but still, you know, able to look at sports, optimistically still able to enjoy the games. Right. I mean, listen, okay, I try to be optimistic. I do. I go into every season yes. trying to be optimistic. And <laughs> I'm not I'm not giving you lip service here. I really do. And I, and I, and I generally am a positive person about other things in my life. Mm-hmm. It's just that in sports, for whatever reason, my teams don't usually win. So my mindset is always to have very guarded optimism about anything because most likely it's going wrong. That's just how it's been. Once and until again, we win, way too I'll jaded for a young man of your ilk. Yes, you are a very optimistic person. I wish I was more like I'm you. I'm the glass half full. I'll give you the glass half empty. You'll starve, and I'll be uh, very well quenched. Thank you very much. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. The phone number. You can email us at Mike Two Guys. That's M I C number two. Mike Two Guys at AOL dot com. Emails gladly accepted. JB, let's go out to the phone lines. Check in with the big dog who's calling in from Aurora, Illinois. Big dog. What's up, fellas? It's good to hear you. You sound really good today. So we Thanks, appreciate it. It's good to hear from you, man. It's good to uh, hear your Jordan, voice. Jordan, I've been like ridiculously busy and hopefully, you know, I'll get back into the, you know, getting on the show most of the time. But hey, you know, 
I've been so busy the last couple of weeks that I really haven't been able to do it. And, you know, but, you know, it's definitely worth it. And I'm, I'm listening to what you guys are talking about, the Chicago Cubs and also being jaded. And just, you know, I've always had guarded optimism because every time I actually think my team's going to be good, they're horrible. Right. And, and you, you were talking about it. This made a lot of sense, Coach. You know, Jordan has actually seen some success as a Cubs fan, and it always gets ripped away from him. 1995, I'm 23 years old, was the first time the Cubs ever had a winning record and didn't make the playoffs. So it was, it's a little different. I was just used to them always being horrible. So, like, heartbreak in the playoffs was – it wasn't as bad because it was better than losing 95 games, like, six years in a row. You know, then all of a sudden they win a division and they lose, you know, like, a heartbreaker. And mm-hmm. then the next eight years they don't have one of the, another winning record again. So. Right, because the expectations of Chicago fans have changed. Chicago yeah. sports teams – historically, were not usually winners. I mean, the Bears had some good years. Obviously, in the 80s, they were a good team, and in 85, they win the Super Bowl and the whole thing. But, you know, for a lot of years, I think that Chicago sports fans accepted the fact that the teams weren't that good. It's not like they were so depressed about it. It was just that, you know, we're not that good. Now, all of a sudden, you have the Bulls with their magical 90s run, after the Bears had won in 85, you've got the Cubs tasting all the success. The White Sox won a World Series. Things have started to turn around. So Chicago as a sports city has become more like a Boston, New York, you know, Philadelphia-type mentality. Philly. We're definitely not Philly yet. We're not. We're not. Because <laughs> Philadelphia fans are nuts. They boo everybody. They boo Santa. They they cheer neck injuries. They're insane. But, <laughs> yeah. okay, but I think that... The the younger generation of fan, I don't think I'm so different from a lot of the younger generation of fan because we've grown up with more winning. We want to see more winning. We expect a lot more than I think the older generation of fan does. And so, yes, I'm jaded. Yes, I'm less positive than the coach. And, Coach, I wish I was as positive about things as you are. Mm-hmm. It just, I once, if the Cubs ever won the World Series, I'd be the happiest man on the face of the earth the rest of my life. I wouldn't care if we lost every year the rest of my well, life. Well, yeah, you would. No, I that, wouldn't. Yes, you would. I'd watch that, my World Series DVDs. Well, but that... <laughs> I would. <laughs> but the that Red destroys Sox the fans theory. have that. But, Big Dog, isn't that the theory JB was just talking about, that... That if your teams lose consistently, you almost get used to it. If you get a taste of victory, I thought that's what you just professed. You know, you know then all of a sudden you expect more. So no, you once do, you... you do, but it, but for me, it would be such a culminating high for me that I could live off that for a long no, time. It, After about ten years, I'd probably though. want to win again. But for no, a while, see, I'd be all right with uh, it. I don't think it, so. You know, it's a, it's a little different. The Cubs are a little different. People want it so bad. I think they can deal with it one time. If the Bears win it. Well, you better repeat it as a Super Bowl champion. The same with the Bulls or the Hawks. The, the, the Cubs fit a little bit different niche for some reason. Just for simple fact is, why do they fill the place up 40,000 people strong for 108 years? You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's, that, that's definitely a huge difference. And I think the reason why people are more jaded is, you know, the Chicago ballparks, old Comiskey Park, everything was absolutely great to go to. The old stadium, even though they, were, they weren't all that nice, they were great places to be. And back in the day... When it used to be affordable, I'm talking about like when five or ten dollars for a ticket was something that a normal person could actually pay for. Well, if you're paying 125 dollars for your seat and 125 dollars for your girlfriend's seat, and you take her to a Bulls game and they play like they play horrible, you're going to get upset about it. You're going to be angry about it. Right. I actually twenty bucks, you wouldn't care. Big dog, I actually made this investment not too long ago. I took a girl to the Bulls game. I took her to the season opener that against uh, San Antonio. 
she says she can't see me anymore after like two weeks after that date. That was a big investment on my part to take her to this game. I mean, my my new theory is if you're going to take women to sporting events, you either better be married to them or there better be some agreement beforehand well, that they're not dumping you within two weeks look, because think, you've made a financial investment in this girl by taking her to the damn if I could, game. If I could break up this testosterone fest for just a second, I will be happy to speak for all young females in the Chicago area and across the fine country. As you know, Big Dog, this heard show is being heard via the Internet in seven different continents. We're also sneaking into Vermont and Connecticut. Well, I did what take a our... girl to a Ghana a soccer game the other day, and she dumped me, too. We were in Ghana. I was listening to the show. So I'm sorry, George. Go ahead. <laughs> well, no, but what I, what I, what I, if I could speak for the females out there, you cannot buy. Just because you take us to a wonderful sporting event, does not mean that we are going to be immediately attracted to you or any kind of physical attraction. I bet if he went to Spurgeon, Jordan probably would have been getting some. But no, he took her to a no you know what? If you're, a, if you're a nice guy, you treat the young lady right. Again, here I am. Happy to speak for the women across America on the TalkZone.com. David Olson, this might be a new show. Man speaks for women. Talkzone.com, 11 to 12. Might replace the U Sport fan forum. Who knows? But Big Dog, it's all about, you know, it doesn't matter where you go. It's all about your personality, the way you treat us. That's more important. You cannot buy me no, a hundred and fifty dollar okay. ticket to a Bulls opening game and okay, automatically no, attract. I'm, I'm not, not saying. Gentleman? Is that what you're doing? No, you're I, insinuating Jordan wasn't a gentleman. That I'm, night? I'm not I was, insinuating. I'm pretty much stating. No, I was a gentleman. I was I was very gentlemanly <laughs> this night. My point is, you're right. You can't buy love, yes. but you should at least be able to rent it. Okay, yeah. I get at least a few weeks. Do I not? We get. I mean, listen. I spent what. It's what, 125 bucks for a Bulls tickets these days? I mean, that's yeah. $250 in an investment. I should at least get, I mean, there should be like a price pay range. You spend 250 bucks, I get three weeks. I spend 400 bucks, I get six weeks. If, if, if uh, $250 investment, plus you probably took her to Billy Goat, had a good time that night. You know, you should at least be able to drive it around the block and kick tires a couple times. I agree. I mean, come on. Give me oh, something goodness. here. Females out there, any ladies out there would like to set these young men straight, 888-463-6748. If you're listening out there, big dog. The young man on the phone checking in from beautiful rural Aurora, Illinois, is going to be our regular co-host on the show. He's been off for a couple of weeks. Guys like JB, Big Dog, sitting in for you. And I don't know if you've been listening, Joel, but the guy's filling in for you doing a heck of a job. They, they really oh, have. absolutely. I, I really haven't had a lot of chance to do it because either I've been downtown working with uh, a couple different election campaigns or I've been... Uh, getting this whole this production company that you know together, which we kicked off last night, which went pretty mm-hmm. well. I wish you'd been there, but it's no big deal. Now, tell and, us real uh, quick. Tell uh, the listeners out there, you got a new business venture. Pump it up real quick. Uh, uh, quite simply, it's called just get your act together. And I got a director that I've worked. Wait, for, slow down. Get got, your what? Uh, get your act together. Get your act together. Get your act together. And if people are interested, what product does Get Your Act Together sell? Uh, basically what we do is we put a reel together for you. We give you all your photos and headshots. We build a resume for you and we put you through eight, uh, acting classes. So it's for aspiring actors. How about, how about radio sports talk hosts? I was going to say, could they get Alfonso Soriano into this program? Get your act together after the 2009 (laughs) campaign he put together. He said he couldn't afford the 595, Jordan. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I think after the $18 million he was paid this year, I think I saw some statistic that based on his production, he was uh-huh. only worth like $4 million last year, but the Cubs were paying that him that. High. I wouldn't have thought it was that high. Yeah, so I'd say get your act together Milton should be Bradley? something he should yeah. get into. Oh, yeah. we, Milton Bradley definitely needs matter it. Matter of fact, Big Dog, with your permission, because you're the owner of the uh, – Website, and I want to get some more info on it, but with your permission, we'll throw it out real quick, daily quandary to our listeners. The Big Dog's new company, Get Your Act Together, which athlete, coach, owner, if you could nominate one person to maybe get a free enrollment into Joel's Get Your Act Together business venture, who would that be? Well, I'll have to think about it, but, you know, I don't know if you know this, Afonso Soriano was the third person that actually signed up, and all we did was when he was in the room, Mm -hmm. We took the bat out of his hands, and we threw a ball at him, and we made sure he didn't jump. <laughs> or or you just gave him the newspaper and had him swing that while he was – did you just throw him lots of sliders away? Yeah, so we, and we made him look at it. We tied his arms behind his back, and he couldn't swing at the time. Oh, he was trying to learn to act. All the lines he got were outside and away, and he kept missing them. That's a great name for a, for a venture, though. Yeah. Get your act together. So any, any – now, is this local to uh, Big Dog, or do can well, people from well, out of state have, come uh, in? the first – the first person actually signed up was from Madison, Wisconsin. He came there in yesterday. Go. He couldn't, couldn't believe it. And he's like, I'm going to come in. It's a once-a-week deal. Now we're trying to uh, make it a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday okay. uh, deal. But right now it's just going to be Wednesdays until we, we can build the class up a little bit more. But mm-hmm. we, we got a few people, like Don Cress is involved, uh, the host of, uh, I mean, the producers of the television show that I'm hosting now. And by the way, we're going to put more stuff on YouTube really soon. Guys, last week they had me outside the Child Support Center, and I was interviewing angry moms. Wait, and now you, 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 you transferred. Are we still talking get your act together, or are we on no, a I'm different sorry. I'm sorry. I just, you're right. I, I, I switched yeah. over to something else. You know, I, I well, don't want to ta- be pushing and, and be a pimp, but if you need to get any, if you need to get a reel together, if you want to break into acting, we'll help you do that because I'll be able to introduce you to uh, different people around Chicago mm-hmm. that are actually producing like TV shows and stuff. Is there a and website, what, a phone number people can get a hold of you? 773-726-7200. Mm-hmm. You know, the crazy thing is the website is still under construction, but this idea happened October 15th, and we were able to kick it off within a month. So, And we actually have people signed up without even a website yet, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. So we do have to do the website, but we All haven't right. done that one. I, we... uh, I might give a couple gift certificates with your permission to a few people here at the talk zone, some of the administrators, some of the people in their offices, because, Joel, right now we need some of the people here. They work outside the studio. Not our producer, David Olson, but some of the other people that loosen up a little bit. So possibly if we send them to get your act together, could you, uh, you know, loosen them up, uh, maybe get a sense of humor a little bit? Well, uh, there is uh, a girl in the class in Kyoto, and she is actually really? at the Shiatsu Massage Coach. Excellent. Mm. Hey! The what kind of massage? Shiatsu. David, our producer, are we allowed to say that on the air? Apparently, shiatsu is not one of the seven words you cannot say on the Internet. Well, we're going to send our general manager, the commander-in-chief, Chris Whitting. I'm going to give him a gift certificate for a shiatsu from, what's her name again? Uh, Kyoto. Kyoto? All right. Whatever. Indeed. (laughs) I may have to try that myself. Yeah. Uh, Can we we get that same sounder next time we mention Kosuke Fukudome? (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Big Dog, great to hear from you. We look forward to you rejoining our show as a co-host. Good luck with the business venture. All aspiring actors out there, 773-726-7277. Get your act together. And Big Dog, I know you are one of the biggest sports fans, Chicago and or otherwise, that I've ever known in my life. Yeah, I, I do appreciate it, Coach. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm being like Jordan, though. I'm like going, everything is guarded optimism. You know, Tyrus Thomas hit the jump shot. 
and I don't even applaud. I'm just, I just, I, yeah, I don't see, even get excited about it. Well, you guys need to, you need to, you need to. Sports is supposed to be fun. We need, we need. Don't some overthink it. Don't get so damn negative. Enjoy the games. I mean, you know, root for your team to win. You get frustrated if they lose, but man, it's supposed to be a a a, a diversion, a pleasant diversion. You guys get way too upset about it. I know. We we yeah. we need, you, Joel and I need just yes. some therapy, yes, like many do. other Chicago fans. And I think a little shiatsu well, might be just what you need. Yeah, I could go for some shiatsu. All right. <laughs> well, we're doing it the right way, Jordan. We just got to you know take you know don't take it too seriously. Try to you know not actually just put your heart in every single game. And right. Try to enjoy That's it. what I'm, I'm trying like, to do. So. Beautiful. All Big right, dog. Good, uh, good talking to you. Great to hear from good you, buddy. Hi, guys. Talk to you soon. There All it right. is. Big dog. Joel Redwanski is our regular co-host on the show. He is, in fact, the number two. Well, actually, he's co-number one on the two guys in a mic. Yeah. His name is in the open still. Yes. So that means he will eventually be hosting this show. We certainly hope so. Unless his business ventures go good, then who knows, Jordan? You may be a regular co-host, but we got a few minutes left. That'd be good. To talk sports, we'd love to have you real quick. Baseball, I know, is one of your favorite sports. The managers of the year were named by the Baseball Writers Association. First of all, are you a voting member of the Baseball Writers Association? I am not. You're not? No. It's disappointing. I wish I was. That would be good. I would love that power. <laughs> I would love that power. I definitely would not have voted for Lou Pinella this year. They have not given you the uh, power of the pen yet. They have not. I wish they did, though. That would be fun. All right. Well, those that did vote went for a Mike Sosha of the Anaheim Angels and Jim Tracy of the Colorado Rockies. I would think two pretty good choices. Yeah, I think that they are good choices. Mike Sosha obviously having to lead his team after the tragic death of Nick Adenhart early in the season. I mean, you lose a player and then to win the division and to get to the American League Championship Series is amazing. I mean, it's an amazing job he's done. And really, every year. Mike Sosha could be manager of the year. The guy is a fantastic, fantastic major league manager, mm-hmm. one of the best in the game, and I'm happy for him because I really think this is a year where he deserved to win it. Um, and Jim Tracy, I mean, unbelievable run the Rockies went on. When you consider at the beginning of the year they were nothing. I mean, until June they were nothing. Really, until he was hired, they were nothing because Clint Hurdle started the season. They had a really bad start. They were slow out of the gate. Jim Tracy takes over. They finish almost... What was it? Almost like 25, 30 games over 500. Amazing year for for him and for that team. And, you know, they were as good as any team from June until October. Great I team. I think only the second interim manager ever, ever, a guy that didn't start the season with his team, took over midseason or at some point and became the manager of the year. The other was the uh, 70-something Jack McKeon. Yeah, you're, so you're saying that Bruce Kim didn't win that in 2002? I as... believe he got one vote from the Baseball Writers Association. Whoever voted for him is no longer a member. Yeah, I was going to say, after Don Baylor was fired and they hired Bruce, Bruce Kim, Kim, maybe it was Renee Latchman for the one game that he got in 2002. Uh, oh, for the fans not aware of that, that's a little Chicago insider, but yeah. Bruce Kim was the, uh, he wasn't our next future star on the field, but he was our next... Future star as a manager, right? Uh, we heard well, all, well, we heard great accolades about him in minor leagues. I guess. But this guy's going to be a great major league manager someday. Who did they fire to bring in Bruce Kim? Jim Riggleman? They fired Don Baylor. Don Baylor. And then Renee Latchman managed for a game that season. Oh, and then a memorable they, game that was. It was. I don't remember it for one second. But it was memorable. It was. And then uh, after that memorable affair, they went with uh, Bruce Kim. Yes. And then that was the end. And then uh, Johnny B. Baker was hired, otherwise mm-hmm. known as Dusty. Are you aware of Buffalo Breath? Are you aware that before you were born in your pre-fetal era, 
Yes. That the Chicago Cubs one year, and I'm not sure what it is, but our producer extraordinaire, David Olson, the magician of the Google or whatever he gets his information, it'll show up in the He might have the answer on the computer, even before I actually ask the question. <laughs> okay. That's how good he is. He's... But there was one year where the Chicago Cubs actually did what they called the College of Managers. College of Coaches. College yeah. of Coaches. I remember this, yes. I remember reading about it. Obviously, yeah. I wasn't here to see it, but... I do know, I think, wasn't that in the 60s? Yes. When they had the College of Coaches? Yep. That was because Santo talks about that vividly, about mm-hmm. how stupid it was. That, like, every two weeks, <laughs> they'd have a new guy in there coaching, and they kept shuffling people uh-huh. in and out. And this is the organ. This is why there are so many jaded Cubs fans, Coach. You talk about the people that aren't optimistic because mm-hmm. they root for a franchise that thought it was a good idea to rotate coaches every two weeks. You know, sometimes you you think outside the box. Sometimes you try drastically new ideas. Wait, listen, thinking outside the box, thinking outside the bun is for Taco Bell. Okay? Well, no, no, no. I'm a big fan of thinking outside the box. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. The College of Coaches, I believe, seven different managers in one year. That's got to be one of the dumbest ideas in the history of sports. Yeah. It's got to be. It I didn't mean, work. It didn't work. But you know what? Sometimes you try things. You know, if you don't fail, you'll never succeed. Don't be afraid to fail. I guess. Believe me, I've had many experiences through my 53 years. Well, in 24 years, i failed many times, too. Yeah. The succeeding part I'm still working on. But believe me, the first half of the equation, the failing part, Jordan, I've got that down pat. <laughs> Almost mastered it. Well, I, listen, I mean... Mastery of something is better than mastery of nothing. All right. So you're pretty good with the manager of the year, Mike Sosha. I agree with your analysis of him, by the way. The yeah. most underrated manager in all of baseball. You never yeah. hear about him. He doesn't make the headlines. Very few guys on his team get in trouble, but Mike Sosha consistently keeps his team competitive, consistently gets his team to win. Some of the best coaching or managing jobs are done when you don't have the best talent. And I think Ron Gardenhire, who finished second with the Minnesota Twins. He is, he is another incredible manager. Yeah. When you, every year, every year, it's the same thing. You look at the Twins and all the pundits say they don't have enough to win. They don't have a good enough team. This isn't talented enough. Blah, blah, blah. And every year, the Twins are in the mix, whether they win the division or not. They're always competitive. They're always in the mix. And it's actually funny you mention that because I was listening to an interview a couple of nights ago on the radio with A.J. Pruszynski, mm-hmm. who used to, of course, be a Minnesota Twin. Yep. Came up through the Twins organization, started his career with the Twins. Played before Tom Kelly. Right, before being traded to um, San Francisco and then coming to the White Sox. And he mentioned how there is a Twins way of doing things. And I think it's similar with the Angels, that both of the organizations, and one of the reasons why those managers have so much success, is that there is a certain disciplinary factor with both teams, that they need to do things a certain way to win. And he said when he was in the Twins organization, he was playing in an instructional league game once where the team ran off the field. The management didn't like the way they ran off the field. And they made all the players retake their positions and run off the field the Twins' way mm-hmm. before they could come up to bat in the game. Could you imagine this in a regular season game? Obviously, they don't do it that way. But in these instructional league games, they are hammering values of baseball mm-hmm. into these players. And every year you see it with the Angels in the fact that they run, they bunt, they're scrappy, they take extra bases, they play good defense, they're fundamentally sound with the Twins. Same thing. They're able to do the same types of things, utilize the, the the dome that they had to their advantage. Obviously, next year they won't have it anymore. But they would 
adapt to their surroundings, running and bunting and stealing and playing good defense and pitching well, better than most. And you wonder why they win and teams with big payrolls and big money and fundamentally poor teams don't win like Mm -hmm. um, the Cubs or the Mets or some of these other teams. They don't have that internal value system. And I'm hoping not to turn everything back into Chicago, but I'm hoping that as a Cubs fan that Tom Ricketts will instill something within that organization that there will be a Cubs way of doing things and That's well in the put. future. That is extremely well put. Those are all little things you're talking about that teams like that do, little things, but when you put all the little things together, right. it puts a big thing together, and that big thing turns into wins. Yes. Little things are the hinges upon which great things occur. Right. Baseball is a game of nuance. Mm-hmm. It's it's more than any other sport, I think. It's such mm-hmm. a game of nuance. There's so many little things that contribute to a success of a baseball team. And these two guys, Sosha and Gardenhire, understand mm-hmm. it probably better than any other managers in game in the I'm, game, other than maybe a Tony La Russa, I guess. Coaching a high school basketball team, just to use that as an example, trying yeah. to establish that same kind of system and, you know, little things. And today in my notes, after our first game yesterday, we're actually going to practice... The timeout call. Yeah. We actually are going to have to practice the timeout call because our timeouts yesterday, first of all, the kids just kind of mojied off the floor. And we got the bench players not sure if they should be part of the timeout. The starters all getting one. So we actually have to have a system. Haven't quite figured out what it is, but, you know, to practice. Right. The timeout, a little thing, but those little things add up. Right. I mean, Joel Quenville of the Blackhawks was talking about last week when the Hawks got a win in a shootout, how his team has now started to practice shootout-style goals Mm -hmm. more because he didn't feel that they were doing things right. And a lot of people will say, well, the shootout is just at the end of the game. I mean, you need to try to win the game in the 60 minutes that you have or in the overtime period, and that's that's a less important part. But he realized that this is a nuance of the game that we need to be better at, but when we're in these situations, we need to be good at them. And your team practicing timeouts, or when I was at UIC watching Jimmy Collins' working with his team on on certain plays in certain situations that situational basketball or situational baseball, situational football or hockey or any of these sports, mm-hmm. the teams that win do those things right. And these managers, again, do these things the way they're supposed to be done, and their players do it that way, and that's why they succeed. Spoken like a true coach at the Sports Talk gig, if the announcing doesn't work, J.B. Jordan Burnfield, you. Yeah, Might have a know. career as a fourth grade Park District basketball coach. Who knows? Eight eight eight. I aspire to be one. Four six three sixty seven forty eight. By the way, speaking of Park District basketball coaches, Thursdays and Thursdays only. Today is Thursday, correct? Yes. How about that? Following our show, we will stay on. Uh, I know you got to go. I will be doing it solo today, but we are going to do a youth sports fan forum, a show totally dedicated to the youth. Sports in America, all the different sports, the issues related to that. So make sure you stick around for that show. Again, our phone number here on the mid-morning break, Sports Report, 888-463-6748. And you can email us at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. Of course, we have a great website. You can become a, a fan on the Facebook page at Two Guys Mike. It's a little confusing because our email is Mike2Guys, but the website is Two Guys Mike. Dot com. By the way, today is the uh, Great American Smokeout. I think it's like the 24th annual. I, I, I'm not sure if you're a I cigarette or cigar smoker. Do not smoke. Never have smoked. Don't mm-hmm. smoke. Don't. You know, it's just gross to me. I don't. I don't like the habit. I don't know mm-hmm. why. I mean, I know why people do it. I just think it's you know, everything. I my biggest problem with with smoking is that. I mean, other than the health problems for it, it's just that, it, you know, it, everything smells like smoke. You know, when mm-hmm. people are smoking cigarettes, you're around people that are smoking. And listen, 
people do it. I'm not against these people. They, you know, they can choose to do whatever they want in their lives. But everything smells like smoke, and mm-hmm. it's just not. I don't like it. It's well, just, it is a great tradition. I'm not yeah. even sure what organization started it, but I think the idea of the yeah. Great American Smoke on anything we can do to get people off of the horrible habit of smoking. Yeah. David Olson, our outstanding producer of mine, a man who appears to be uh, physically fit following the proper codes. I'm assuming you are not a man that has smoked. I smoked for about 20 years. Really? Did you really? Huh? Cigarettes, cigars, or other illegal activities? Cigarettes. Just cigarettes. cigarettes yeah. I'm huh? shocked. Yeah, I, I'm surprised by that. David too. is so healthy. His idea of a of a fast food, uh, you know, crashing out on a fast food yeah. is to have an organic double cheeseburger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Organic double cheeseburger. Thank you very much. I'm sure that that sounds like yeah. a tasty option. I will say, though, and I said to you before the show, the real smokeout, mm-hmm. even though it would not be certainly as healthy or as beneficial, would be if like everyone in America started smoking like ribs or, Ooh. you know, like a nice brisket or some kind of awesome barbecue That's smoking. A... That would be awesome. See, Different type if, of smoking. Um, would Al Gore and the... The um, global warming people approve of that because that's a pretty good idea. I mean, it would be one fun, day in right? America, Barack Obama could start this. Yeah, I the mean, Great could... American Smokeout. Nothing to do with cigarette smoking, but everybody on a Wednesday evening, Tuesday evening, hopefully Mother Nature, who's a non-smoker by the way, I think she smoked like for ten years. I th- I thought she was on it for ten years, but she quit. Yeah, I think the Great American Smokeout inspired her to do so, and the nicotine thing helped her a little bit. Yeah. But you pick one day where everyone goes out and barbecues? Yes. That's I mean, not... if you could get some of the best barbecue experts in the world uh-huh. to smoke, you know, all sorts of different types of meats, you know, low and slow for hours on end, wow. let people come do it, that would be a great time. The smells would be awesome. Oh, my gosh. The smell, believe me, the smells would be a lot better than when the big dog does the show in here. <laughs> Hope you still listen to the program. Oh, we got to wind up today's show. He has a gas problem in case you're not aware. I'm aware. I love co-hosting the show with Joel, the big dog. Wonderful, wonderful sense of humor. Great sports fan. Bad gas problem. Yes, it's it's an issue for him. Two out of three is not bad, and uh, I've lived through it. You can see it hasn't affected me at all. <laughs> have you noticed my receding hairline? Uh, no. What are you talking about? <laughs> all right. Have a great day, everybody. Don't forget to stick around for our youth sports show. Jordan Burnfield, phenomenal job. Thank you so much for sitting in. Thank you. Always happy to be here. Producer David Olson, great job. Commander in Chief Chris Whitting, wherever you are. Thank you. For not coming by today. Thanks for listening, everybody. This is the talkzone.com. Have a great day.